0: Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. This is Leading the Way with pastor and international Bible teacher, Dr. Michael Yusuf. Just ahead, the importance of worshipping God in spirit and truth. Dr. Yusuf expounds on the five principles that will guide you toward healthy living in a sick world. And before he begins, if you're struggling with what life is all about... As you navigate the stresses of living in a sick world, consider talking with a pastor or counselor about life and eternity. Just visit ltw.org/jesus to start a conversation. ltw.org/jesus. Listen with me now as Dr. Yusuf helps you understand the Corinthian culture and how Paul's words to them are also appropriate for the world today.
1: Let me give you a historic background so you understand what the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul in writing of this epistle is all about. In Corinth, like all Greek cities at that time, most of the Greek cities at that time, they of course, pagan worship, and the gospel came into them where they worshiping, having pagan worship, and pagan worship always accompanied with ecstasy. This type of ecstasy manifested itself in babbling and gibbering and speaking of what they would call the languages of the gods and the goddesses in the pagan world. Remember I told you in chapter 12 that for every spiritual gift, for every gift that the Holy Spirit gives us, Satan comes up with a counterfeit gift. Every gift the Holy Spirit gives, Satan has a counterfeit In the Corinthian church, much of the speaking in tongues was taking on the flavor of pagan ecstasy. See, now you understand why he is so adamant about this. They neutralize the rational senses and open themselves to exhibitionalism. And that is why, verse 26, Paul is adamant that the worship must be edifying for the whole body, not just for the few the selfish few. Hear me right, please. This is important. As you read very carefully First Corinthians 14, you will discover that their worship has been a bedlam. Well, we know that from the communion time because they were bringing the food, and they were not even waiting for each other, and the worship was a bedlam. It was a chaos, and the apostle has been exercised about that. They were giving very little thought as to the rest of how the body of the believers feel, let alone a visiting non-believer who would never come under conviction when he hear all this gibberish stuff going on. He will not hear that he or she is a sinner and they're heading for hell, but Jesus has a way of escape out of that hell by coming to Him who shed His blood for you and rose again for you. That's the only message that is going to bring people to their knees and come to God believing in Him. You can beautify it, you can dress it up, and you can make it, take all the sharp edges out of it and make it soft and palatable to our culture, but that will not get people to heaven. Five things, five principles that the Apostle Paul gives the Corinthians, and he gives us, about worshiping, in truth, and spirit. Five principles. Let me recite them for you. First of all, he says, worship must be edifying for the whole body. How many? The whole body, verses 1 to 5. Then he said that worship must be filled with clarity, verses 6 to 12. Thirdly, he said, it must be rational, not just emotional, verses 13 to 19. Fourthly, it must not be counterfeit. Be careful of the counterfeit. Verses 20 to 28, and finally, the fifth and the final principle, that worship must solely and only based, founded, and springs out of the Word of God. Verses 29 to 40. Worship must be edifying to the whole body, You are not a face in a large group of people. For God, you are an individual. He sees you individually. He knows you individually. He loves you individually. He calls you by name individually. And therefore, everyone in the body is important. And therefore, the edifying of every single person in the body is important. And while the apostle Paul says that every believer must discover, we saw that in chapter 12, every believer must discover their spiritual gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and they use it in their life. And we saw that. The Corinthians, on the other hand, of all the other churches, they decided they were going to clamor only for one gift. And even then they were misusing it. Why? Because they wanted attention. Hey, look at me, guys. Look at me, boys. Not the glory of God. Me! Beloved, if you are dissatisfied with the gift that the Holy Spirit has given you, I want you to ask yourself the following questions. Why? Why I want another gift? Is it to serve me or to serve the congregation, the body? Is it for personal use or for blessing of others? In 12.4, Paul said, to all believers who are born of the Spirit of God are baptized into that one Spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit. No other spirit, And that's why it says, test the spirits, test the spirits, because false spirits can sneak in in any church. In chapter 12, verse 10, he said, some were given gift of tongues, others were given the gift of interpretation of tongues. But the folks in Corinth, they view speaking in tongues to be glamorous, and they want it. They want it, because it draws attention, adulation and even the envy on the part of the rest of the body. So here is what happened. Listen carefully. All the others in the church wanted in on this particular gift. Why? Pride, attention-getting, self-promotion, power, control. So they were trying to outdo each other. (laughs) They were trying to outdo each other in trying to get that one gift. And in doing so, they open themselves wide to Satan to come in and bring his what? His counterfeit gifts. And that is why he's pleading with them. And that is why, look at verse 4 with me, please. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who speaks in the Word of God, forth-telling, that is, telling thus says the Lord in his Word, that person edifies the body. Beloved, through the years I have learned that selfishness of any kind short-circuits prayer. Did you know that? It tarnishes everything it touches. It creates havoc everywhere it goes. (laughs) Hear me right, please. The Corinthians did not understand that half of our problems is wanting our own way, and the other half is getting our way. like the little boy who was on a hobby horse with his sister. And the little boy said, "'If one of us could just get off this hobby horse, then there would be more room for me.'" (laughs) Look at verse 5. Paul is not despising… I want to make that very clear. Paul is not despising the gift of tongues. He's not despising it. In fact, he said if it's up to me, I'll give it to all of you. But I know it's not good for your ego. That can really be a destructive thing. But he goes into said that gift is not for everyone. Again, go back to 1210. It's only for some. Oh, but there's more. Nobody could ever accuse the Apostle Paul of sour grapes. He said, well, you know, Paul is saying that because he just doesn't know how to speak in tongues. He said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. <laughs> But it only was for self-edification while reading and teaching and expounding the Word of God blesses everyone. How many? Yes. Secondly, worship must be filled with clarity. Look at verses 6 to 12. Paul said that when there is biblical clarity, verse 7, everybody will be edified. But if there's no biblical clarity… It's like somebody playing a musical instrument who had never played that instrument before. Let me tell you the thing, Mom and Dad, I know many of you are going to identify what I'm going to say. One of our children, who shall remain nameless, <laughs> decided in middle school that he's going to play the trombone. Vroom, 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 vroom all day. I had to run away from the house. <laughs> in the same way, When biblical truth is not communicated clearly and bluntly and honestly, it's a whole bunch of noise. It's just noise. Listen, having known languages, now you notice I said known languages. I've studied languages. I never said I speak languages. But knowing languages as I studied them, I know that it's a meaning of the words, not the literal translation. It's a meaning. A few years ago, now I was preaching in a certain Middle Eastern country, and because I can't speak Arabic worth a lick, I always have an interpreter. So we were in a pastor's office, and there were three guys who were all qualified to translate, and they were going like this: "Now you do it." No one says, "Now you do it." And this one, "Now you do it." Now you do it. And I thought, "Well, this is a biblically." in honor of preferring one another. It wasn't the case at all. (laughs) I asked the pastor afterward, he said, oh, they all don't like to translate for you. (laughs) I said, why? He said, because you know the language, and you are known for stopping in the middle of the thing if they got the meaning wrong to correct them, and they don't want to do it. (laughs) And I said, I understand that. I really do, because I have done it. If they miss the meaning, they can be a literal word translation, but the meaning is not the same. So I stop and said, no, 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 I mean this one. <laughs> Beloved, Paul is saying when people go to church, they're not there to hear the preacher's political opinion or his fancy ideas or his pontificating about the pop culture and all this stuff. He said, no, 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 no. They are coming to hear the gospel clearly preached. Whether they agree with it or not, it doesn't matter. Why? Because it's only when the Word of God is clearly, and Ahmad Adasen bluntly preached, it builds up, it corrects, it encourages, it comforts, it challenges. And when the Word of God is clearly communicated, we're going to find beauty for ashes, and it pours the oil of joy instead of mourning. It replaces the garment of praise. Worship of God must never be guided by selfishness. And that is why Paul said, prophecy, more accurately, expounding the Word of God, is paramount. It's paramount. Worship must be edifying to how many? Secondly, worship must be filled with clarity. Thirdly, worship must be rational, not just emotional. Now, having said that, I am very emotional, have been all my life, and that's fine. used to bother me in the early days, but God helped me get over that. And there's nothing wrong with emotions. But if it's only emotional and not rational, then people are not going to be edified. And you often hear me say this, it is not how high can you jump for Jesus, it's how straight you can walk when you land. Absolutely true. Verse 14, if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind not fruitful. If the mind is not engaged, it's not going to help anyone, not even me. If your mind is not engaged in worship, you will not spiritually grow. Also, if I pray in gibberish or self-focused, if my prayer was just about me, 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 God, me, God, me, God, you're going to find very few people are going to say amen. In fact, nobody will say amen. To be sure, in the day of Pentecost, the disciples did not understand what they were saying, because they were not speaking gibberish, they were speaking a known language languages that are spoken. Now, the historians say there were two million people in the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem. I find it very hard to imagine how can you cram two million people in that little city, but that's what they say. It is hundreds of thousands. They came from all over the world as pilgrims to Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. It was a big celebration, big feast for Jews. And these Jewish people coming from everywhere, from all over Europe, they were coming from Asia Minor, they came from Libya, from Egypt. You read about it in the book of Acts, it tells you all the countries that they're represented. And so, here they are, most of them did not speak Hebrew. By the time you get to third, fourth, fifth generation Jews, they did not know Hebrew. They basically may learned the prayers and few things to say, just like American Jews today who have been here for hundreds of years. They they don't really speak Hebrews. I have so many of them. My dear friends, they know a few words but don't speak Hebrew. Here's a wonderful opportunity for people to hear the gospel in their own languages. So what does the gracious Holy Spirit do? (laughs) He supernaturally gives the gift of language to the apostles. So they were hearing the gospel in their own language. Now remember, the disciples probably never been out of Israel. They did not speak language, they have not learned, They didn't go to language school, did not learn languages. So supernaturally, the Holy Spirit gave them other tongues or other languages to speak so that these, all these Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of foreign Jews can hear the gospel that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who's expected throughout all the Old Testament, came, he died on a cross, was buried, rose again, and he's soon coming to judge the world. And they heard this message that was struck in their hearts. Among those Jews in Jerusalem on that day were Jewish folks from the city of Alexandria in Egypt And they heard the gospel of the Messiah, Jesus, and they were converted so thoroughly to Christ. Unlike what we do today, they did not want to keep that message to themselves. At the cost of their own lives, they took that gospel back home to Egypt, a nation that was worshiping the god Ra, the sun god and they began to preach to the risen Christ, the dying Savior, rising Savior. And we were told that within a short period of time, 85% of the population converted to Christ. Listen to me. I am one grateful dude to these Jewish people from Egypt who were there in the day of Pentecost because when they heard the gospel message, they brought it to Egypt. My ancestors were converted and became believers in Jesus Christ, and therefore has been a strong church in Egypt ever since for 2,000 years. To this day, over 15 million who believe the gospel because of the gift of tongues. You see, you have to understand God always, always has a purpose, always. When you wonder what God's purpose for you when you go through doubt, when you're not sure. Always remember that God has a purpose for your life. He really does. He has a purpose for every individual. That's why I told you earlier, you're not one in a masses of people. You are individual as far as God is concerned. He sees you as if you were the only one who's ever lived. God always has a purpose. God's gifts always have purpose. Worshiping God always has purpose. Serving God always has purpose. Ministering to others always have a purpose. Exercising your spiritual gifts Always has a purpose, and that purpose is always, always, always edifying and blessing others. Fourthly, it must not be counterfeit. Verses 20 to 28. Paul starts this section by appealing to the Corinthians to grow up, wise up. It breaks my heart in two when I'm talking to somebody who's been sitting under the gospel for. 20 years and have no discernment. It breaks my heart. He said, Be mature, not immature and undiscerning." Verse 20, Brethren, do not be childish in understanding. In malice, yes, by all means be childish in that, but in understanding, be mature. We have been seeing throughout the series of messages, you've seen this particular group of people, believers in Corinth, they were loveless, they were immature, they were not discerning, they were carnal Christians. And Paul is pleading with them because they were manifesting this immaturity and lack of discernment by not distinguishing between the true gifts of the Holy Spirit and the counterfeit gifts. It's breaking the apostle's heart He said, you should be able to discern this but they were so stubborn about their own opinion, they do not want to be confused with the facts. You can tell the Corinthians, but you couldn't tell them much. <laughs> they were not interested in learning. They were not interested in biblical truth. They were not interested in growing. They were not interested in edifying others. They were only interested in impressing others. They were only interested in feeding their ego. They were only interested in pleasing themselves. And that's why the apostle John in 1 John 4, 1 said, test the spirits to see whether they are of God or not. Fifthly and finally, worship must be solidly based upon the Word of God, verses 29 to 40. Now, there's a key verse here, verse 33. It's really a wonderful verse. For God is not the God of confusion, (laughs) but the God of order and peace. The reason we all should desire the gift of forth telling the truth from the Word of God, because every time you speak biblical truth to a colleague or a friend or a neighbor, you are prophesying. What are you doing? Every time you bring the Word of God to bear upon a problem, you are what? Every time you instruct your children, mom and dad, every time you you teach your children, instruct your children in the Word of God, you are what? Every time you share relevant Scripture with someone, you are what? And that is what prophecy means, because it's not a new revelation, because anything that's contrary or counter to the Scripture is not a revelation from God. Because beloved, the Bible is complete. I wish I have time, I tell you from history, those who believe that canon is still open and God still speaks authoritatively, many of those churches in history were totally annihilated. The Bible is complete. Say that with me. The Bible is complete. You cannot add to it, and most certainly you cannot subtract from it. Amen. Why is prophecy a superior gift? Because it convicts of sin. It brings us under conviction. Because it reveals to us the secrets of our hearts. Because it brings us to on our knees, which is the rightful place for all of us to be before God. And the gift of prophecy can only be truly administered and fulfilled only if you are spending adequate time with that word every day.
0: Healthy Living in a Sick World is Dr. Michael Yusuf's current series on Leading the Way. You can listen to today's message again on our app, through our website, ltw.org, or on your smart speaker. Our website again is ltw.org. And that's our cue to close our time together today. Connect further via television, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and all of the social media networks. Learn more at ltw.org.